In the name of our risen Lord and Savior, amen. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Our Lord Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The Old Testament lesson appointed for Quasimodo Geniti, the second Sunday of Easter, is recorded in Job chapter 19, beginning at verse 23. Oh, that my words were written! Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever! For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in the first letter of John, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. For this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, 
called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days the disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us confess our holy faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. In love you have given your Son, Jesus Christ, into death for us and raised him to life again. So raise us from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our sermon text is recorded in Job chapter 19, beginning at verse 23. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Dear fellow redeemed, how often have we heard people say that they believe in life after death, but when asked to explain, they tell you that they mean the spirit and not the body? How often do we hear such nonsense at funerals? Uncle Bob will live on in our hearts. Aunt Mary will never die as long as we remember her. Bill may be gone, but his memory lives on. How many times have you heard the lie from Christians and non-Christians alike that when we die, we cast off our bad bodies in exchange for a better spiritual existence? Some even say we become angels. Why is this bad? All these things make the resurrection sound like it's not a resurrection at all, but rather only the fact that we remember them. Isn't that a clever way for the devil to get us to deny the resurrection of the body? Not only that, it denies Easter and distorts the creation of the universe. Let me explain. God created some creatures to be servants. They are called angels, and they have no bodies. They are pure spirits. But then God created other creatures, animals, creatures of flesh and blood that he formed and brought to life. Finally, he created the pinnacle of creation, mankind. Mankind is like an angel in that we are spiritual beings, but we are also like animals since we have flesh and blood, but we have something more. We were made in God's image. God made physical man rather than the angels in his image. So mankind is above the animals and the angels. In the book of Genesis, God creates a physical world and blesses it on each day of creation, calling it good. When the whole creation is complete, he calls it very good. Since we have physical bodies, we can physically touch one another. We can feel the warm sunshine and the cool breeze. We can move around in contact with God's good earth as our spirits are contained in these wonderful bodies. We can eat, we can see, we can hear, we can appreciate beauty, we can sing and enjoy music. Some of, some of us even create things of beauty, reflecting the creativity of God in whose image we have been made, the physical body, is a good and glorious thing. This is also the message 
of our text this glorious second Easter Sunday. God revealed to Job that we will be resurrected bodily ourselves, not reincarnated again and again, not separated from the flesh, not simply in some ghostly or spiritual way. We won't simply live on in the thoughts, memories, and hearts of those left behind. In these Old Testament words, we find not only a shadow of the coming Savior, but his resurrection and its meaning for believers. Today, I invite you to listen to that ancient believer and to find in his words, Easter comfort from an early cemetery. The Old Testament believer Job was no stranger to loss. After losing all his possessions and property and children, he proclaimed, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our text finds Job at a point in his life when he was sure he was dying. He was in agony. All his strength had completely left him. All hope of recovery was gone. Where did he find comfort? Our text rings out with joyful news, the good news of Easter. Though he lived 1900 years before Jesus rose from the dead, Job declares these prophetic words, I know that my Redeemer lives. Death came into this world as a result of the fall of mankind into sin. Ever since the first creature's will first clashed with the Creator's will, ever since Adam and Eve defied God and did what they wanted, God's words to the first sinners have, in one way or another, been coming true for all sinners. Dust you are, and to dust you will return. So we frail, sinful creatures of dust take our meds, pay our health insurance premiums, and buy our burial plots. Crying out from deep despair with what we would call a strong Easter faith, Job spoke about one person who did not return to dust, but who on the last day would stand on the dust, alive, exalted, and glorious. I know that my Redeemer lives. Let's take that sentence apart word by word so as not to miss out on one ounce of its comfort. Job called Jesus his Redeemer. A Redeemer is someone who pays the debt of another. When we call Jesus our Redeemer, this means Jesus took the wages of our sins upon himself. His death paid the debt we owed because of our sin. Our redemption is not based on an uncertain foundation, but an accomplished fact. As he brought his work of redemption to completion by dying on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. On the third day, Jesus rose as victor over death. Therefore, we know God accepted his payment for the sins of the world. Job further saw that his Redeemer lives. Again, with the penetrating eyes of a prophet, Job looked ahead through the ages to the dawn of that first Easter. He saw Jesus breaking the bonds of death, rising triumphant from the grave, gloriously alive as a sure sign of his victory over sin, death, and the devil. The resurrection is the Father's amen 
to Jesus' words, it is finished. Jesus' resurrection proves that his words are true and that the Bible's all true. Both Jesus' own words and the entire scripture points to Jesus' death and resurrection as our only source for full and free forgiveness of all of our sins and eternal life. Note also the, two, the little two-letter word Job used, my Redeemer lives. The risen Redeemer was not some empty Bible doctrine, not some nice-sounding theological abstraction for Job. It was something wondrously personal, intensely practical for him as an individual. Like Simeon in the temple years later, Job held the living Redeemer with arms of faith and exulted, this is my Redeemer. He has ransomed me from sin and death. He lives in me and I in him, now and forever. Satan and circumstances may have stripped Job of everything else, his health and wealth, his family and friends, but they could not wrench the Redeemer from him. Here was Job's Redeemer, who had opened his soul for his soul, that sure entrance into heaven at death's very moment, and would also return to claim his body on that last great day. In that living Redeemer, Job had everything he needed for life and death. No wonder Job wanted this sweet sentence written down in a book somewhere for all people of all generations to read. No wonder he wanted his words engraved with a hammer and chisel into rock and lined with lead so that they would never fade. He knew that his Redeemer lived and wanted everyone else to know it too. I know that my Redeemer lives. These words are the basis of one of our most beloved hymns. 32 times in a hymn that has 32 lines, we find the words, He lives. And the greatest blessing that God has ever given you, second only to Jesus himself, he's put it in your heart to say as Job did, I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. When the pressure from a hundred problems is pressing down on you, making you want to gripe and grumble, I know. When faith hasn't been what it should have been, I know. When the funeral has to be arranged for a Christian loved one, I know. When it seems there's no good to speak of, despite every depressing thing that my head tells me regarding the current state of affairs, I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. What comfort this sweet sentence gives. And because his Redeemer would again rise from the dead and live, Job was confident that he too would be raised from the dead and see his Redeemer face to face. In my flesh I shall see God. This is because Christ's resurrection assures us of the certainty of our own bodily resurrection. Our text speaks of what happens after my skin is destroyed. In other words, there is life after death. Death in the grave is not the end for the believers. Through faith in Jesus Christ, his victory over sin Death and the devil is ours. In the words of the hymnist, he lives and grants me daily breath. He lives and I shall conquer death. He lives my mansion to prepare. He lives to bring me safely there. 
because Jesus has risen from the dead. When Jesus comes on the last day, we too shall rise to eternal life. Then our bodies will be glorified and become incorruptible. Job looks forward to that day when he says, In my flesh I shall see God. With the same eyes of faith which saw his Redeemer rise, Jesus could, Job could see himself in front of his Savior Jesus, looking at him with his own eyes, his bones once more clothed with flesh, ready to hear the blessed invitation of Christ. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Because of our sin, we cannot see God face to face in this life. No imperfect thing can stand in the unveiled glory of God without being consumed by his wrath. Therefore, Jesus humbled himself and came to us in human flesh to reveal the Father to us. As he told the disciple Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. He has turned away God's wrath forever by his perfect life lived in our place, in his innocent suffering and death as our substitute, by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. God declared the world not guilty in his sight. That not guilty verdict becomes ours personally through faith in Jesus, worked by the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. And in the word of baptism, in the water of baptism, in the word, in the bread and wine of Holy Communion, Jesus comes to bring to us forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation. Through God's word and sacrament, we are strengthened in our faith until we reach eternal life. We see now through a glass darkly, but in heaven we will see God face to face. In my flesh I shall see God. Job concludes our text with the words, how my heart yearns within me. Through faith in Christ, death is not something to be afraid of or dread. It is the gateway to life eternal. Can we look beyond the grave with Job to the day when our bodies will be made like Christ's own glorious body? Can we fix our vision on the day when we will see the Lord with those same eyes that so often see only misery and suffering on this earth. Job conquered all with his triumphant faith in the resurrection. We can too. As you feel the imperfections or notice more and more the wear and tear on your body, as you see how the years fly by so much more quickly the older you are, and you begin to anticipate the day when you'll lie down for the last time, Read these words of Job. They contain the message that will make your heart yearn to be with Jesus. Along with the hymn writer, we share with Job the confident assurance of our own bodily re resurrection. I am flesh and must return unto death whence I am taken. But by faith I now discern that from death I shall awaken with my Savior to abide in his glory at his side. Glorified I shall anew, with this flesh then be enshrouded, in this body I shall view, God my God, with eyes unclouded, in this flesh then I shall see, Jesus Christ eternally. Amen. I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, 
you raised up Jesus Christ, your Son, from the dead, that he might bestow his Holy Spirit in the forgiveness of sins on us. Grant that we may live joyfully as those who in baptism have been crucified and raised up with Christ, that we may also testify boldly of him, his forgiveness and peace to all who will hear. Glorious God, your Son appeared to his disciples in the resurrected flesh and sent them out to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins in his name. Continue to raise up faithful men to serve us in the office of the holy ministry and bless their work among your people who with St. Thomas confessed Jesus as our Lord and our God. Merciful God, Remember those who have wandered from the household of faith. Uh, faithful to your promises, work all things in their lives to remind them of their need for your unending grace and steadfast love, that they may return to the faith and delight in your Son, crucified and raised for them. Almighty God, you appoint rulers and officials for the sake of order and peace. Bless those you have placed in authority over us in federal, state, and local governments. Give them the desire to serve with integrity and honor and to work for the benefit of all. Lord God, we praise you for your son's resurrection from the dead and draw strength from his ascension before you where he ever stands for us as our high priest. Graciously receive our prayers of intercession and hear them for his sake. Heavenly Father, as your Son made the disciples glad in his risen and life-giving flesh on the first day of the week, and again eight days later, so let us find gladness in his wounds, in his abiding presence among us each week, in the blessed sacrament. Give us a hunger for your word of peace in his supper, through which his risen and life-giving body and blood are given to us. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that out of your indescribable grace and for the sake of your Son, you have given us the Holy Gospel and instituted your holy sacraments, that through them we may have comfort in the forgiveness of sin. Grant us your Holy Spirit they may, that we may heartily believe your word and through the holy sacraments establish our faith day by day until at last we obtain eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.